Welcome everybody to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. My name is Nick Tibu, and with me is the only, the only one, the Don Rado Bosic. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. All right. Uh, so let's let's dive into into the topic very fast today, as um, we got a message that. A guy wanted us to talk about biomechanics uh, for different calisthenics uh, exercises. And um, we said, that's that's such a good idea. We're not going to make just one episode. We're going to make several episodes about it. So starting off with a very hard one, but I think it's the super interesting one. Let's start off with biomechanics and muscle-ups. Fucking hell. <laughs> yes. It's a... Uh... It's an interesting one because it's not your classic motion where it's either like just pulling or just pushing, but you actually have a mixture of pulling and pushing. And then you add in the transition, which spices up things and uh, makes the whole biomechanics aspect of things a lot more interesting than with our usual motions. No? Absolutely. Because everybody knows some, 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 some stuff about it and everybody's like yeah you gotta stay close to the bar you gotta do the z shape when you do the when you do the muscle up yeah and stuff like that but nobody thinks of yeah that's true but some stuff of that is still in the detail and the detail here is how long are your arms how long is your torso how long are your legs does that make a, a difference what about the forearms um, how much thoracic spine mobility do we need? How long is your thoracic spine? Um, there are so many different factors in there. And we're going to discuss that a little bit. I mean, it's not like that we prepared this episode. So this one is a, just a, a conversation between Rado and me. We're going to talk about it and um, we can, can just, just easily dive into it. And I'm, I'm going to say... The longer you are, the more you have to, to swing forward for a muscle up. Would you go with that? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And that's, that's, that's also something a lot of people do not think about that. But um, that was always something where I was a little bit pissed when they started in, in these muscle up competitions, putting a box in front and having it like, yeah, you just need 50 centimeters to go forward. Yeah, that's easy if you're small. And it's extremely hard when you're a very long and a tall person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, when you look at the, the way the whole center of mass behaves, you simply need more distance from that swinging point in order to actually get to a point where you have this pendulum motion and then go yeah. up. Yeah. Whereas like shorter, shorter people are just better off with it than almost start from a semi-dead hang, you know? Yeah. And there, I mean, when you look at like people like gymnasts, which are relatively short in relation to other sports, like those people almost don't swing, you know, when they do their motions. So longer people have to swing more. When, when, when we look into that stuff, there's also another example of completely difference of that. Because when you look at um, that guy, Frederick Imassun. Oh, yeah. Who's a very tall guy. I think more around about 190 centimeters. Um, and he's a very tall one. has a very long arms. He doesn't need to swing a lot forward. And he goes very close to the bar. And he has a 
one of the strongest muscle ups in the world so far. From what I've seen, he had a 45 kg muscle up in a competition, in a proper judged competition. So that was perfect form, um, which is super interesting because he broke every every rule that I thought of when it came to to muscle ups because he was able to do it with such an amount of weight, being so heavy, having pretty long arms, and also being a very tall guy. So where does, does this come from? And for that, we have to dive into how that does that guy look. And compared to what, what he, he has in length on the legs, his torso is not that long. Yeah. And that's super interesting because he's, it, it doesn't mean that he is small. Don't get that wrong as someone who's listening right now. It's in comparison to how long his legs are, the torso is a little shorter. So he has pretty long uh, legs, pretty long arms, and he has a pretty short torso. But, and here comes the other hand, have you ever seen a picture of him from his back? Um, I think yes, I quite remember. That, that guy is a lat. He's yeah. the, the, the living V because he has his, his lats attached to, to uh, the spine so low. He's just a V, a big, big V. He has such deep um, origins from, from the latissimus. That's super interesting to see where that comes from. And I would also say probably... And this is super interesting to understand when it comes to biomechanics. He probably has also very long, as a pr pretty pretty far away from the torso, the attachment to the humerus. When it comes to to um, because for that we have to dive a little bit into the anatomy um, and anatomics of, of of this stuff. But you know the the lats have their origins from the spine and that goes from all over the, the the back and the lower you you um have the origins of of the lats the the better for for pulling that's just better <laughs> so um he has very low origins so pretty close to the glutes and um this is about it, it could be millimeters and it gives you an advantage to people who have these, who doesn't have these millimeters. And for him, also, when you not just look at at the um, origins, but also um, look at at the insertion. The insertion is also probably we don't know. I haven't screened him, <laughs> but I, I could think of as he's so strong and pulling naturally. Um, that he probably has an insertion which is pretty far away from the torso on on the humerus. And the humerus is the bone in in your in your um, in your arm, you know, that is attached to to the shoulder. So the lads are going all over your back on your arm, and they pull your arm downwards and backwards. So that's that's what they do actually. And um, so the 
the, the, the longer you can make that angle in between, the stronger you can get at that. So there's more potential to get strong. And for that, I think this might be the reason why that guy is so strong in this, even though he is pretty tall. So that's some kind of the biomechanics that we need to think of when it, when it comes to the muscle up. How do you see that? Sure. So like, it's important to note that with biomechanics, it's not only um, related to bone structures, uh, but it's also related to how your muscle attachments and origins are uh, fixated, you know, because that's going to be a huge factor influencing your leverages. And it's going to make the lever of an exercise either harder or easier. And uh, also within these, um, like when we made the case, okay, someone with a longer body is probably not better off as someone with a shorter body uh, when it comes to the muscle up. It's also important to make this distinction um, with the relation of the upper body and the lower body. So within that specific case, you can, you know, dissipate between, okay, shorter torsos or longer torsos and shorter lower bodies and longer lower bodies. Um, Would you also say that like, you said that with the humerus is in Frederick's case, we speculate that it might be far away from the torso. And that gives him this advantage because he has this huge distance from the origin and the attachment. Would you also say that um, because the shoulder plays such a huge role in um, calisthenics movements in general and in the muscle up, it's the same case that his humerus is attached relatively low, that his lats is attached relatively low to the humerus in relation to the shoulder and that this extra distance between the two uh, kind of gives him the advantage uh, when it comes to the lever itself or would you say it's just the distance from the torso it's it's it, that's that's what i meant with that so oh that's what you meant okay gotcha probably i was not completely explaining it so well but um that that's actually what i meant so um that that makes the the um the distance as a I, that, that would be the explanation to me why this guy has such such powers. Uh, you, you can see the same phenomenon at um, a guy like Matthew Slot when it comes to pulling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he, I mean, he has been in the podcast already and told me he's not a genetic freak. And honestly, if you dip one ninety five, uh, we we don't agree. <laughs> and you pull like 120 and tell me you're not a genetic freak. I would say I do not agree on that. <laughs> but it's always like that. Genetic freaks would never tell you, yeah, I'm a genetic freak. That's why. Because they always think, yeah, um, when I tell people I'm a genetic freak, they think I don't work. But that's not true. You still have to put the work in. And that's a very important one. You just have an advantage. I mean, let's, let's say if you look into, into Formula One right now, um, Lewis Hamilton just got a new motor into, into, his, his, uh, into his car, you know? Does that mean he has to drive less good? I doubt it. He just has a better motor in there. <laughs> so he still has to drive well. And that's the same thing when it comes to sport, you know, just because you have a better motor in your, in your, in your car that you are, <laughs> doesn't mean that you don't have to drive well because you still 
have to work the hardest to get th these these fucking results you know and that's something people really really misunderstand here and i had, had to bring that in here <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's important so just because you have um good genetics with your origins and um insertions and uh maybe good good angles with with the bones and stuff like that and um all all the the angles of you are very good so you have good biomechanics it doesn't mean that you're gonna be the star you still have to put the work in otherwise someone else with better genetics will outwork you he will just outwork you that's what i did i, I look at me in my in my weight class i have this tonio guy i mean I'm, i'm more than 100 kg on body weight i have this tonio guy who is definitely he's a genetical freak and the rest in my in my uh, weight class probably me included are not as gifted as him but right now i outworked the rest so far it, there can always come someone up and outwork me but i'm not so gifted and i'm at least the number two right now and um mm -hmm. that's that's something people misunderstand here you can outwork the people with the genetics it's possible if they start being lazy <laughs> um And I think like it's important to make the case the other way around. If someone finds for themselves that okay, but probably I don't have the best um, attachments and origins and the best biomechanics for a certain motion, a lot of people get demotivated by that, you know, and it affects them and how they approach a movement. And even though it may not be the case that they are not good at it, but they think they are, um, the placebo effect is huge. You know, and you actually have people who are not progressing, even though they have a relatively good base for it, just because of the way they think. And you don't want to be obsessed by something that you can't even control. You know, those are genetics. You're born with it. It's a fixated thing that you can't change unless you do an operation or something, which <laughs> doesn't make too much sense. You know, um, you can still work hard and it's the hard work that counts, just as you said both for the genetic freaks and the people who are not so gifted for a certain thing. I've seen countless times where people who are not so gifted, um, they just all outwork people who are gifted and actually have a better performance uh, than those just because of the hard work and the, and, the, and the dedication they've had because of their hardened circumstances. Absolutely. You know, the, the thing with that is the less gifted you are, the more work you have to put in, the more smart work you have to put in. And this is why we talk about the biomechanics and how you can actually use them for your advantage in the best way. So that's that's what we're talking about right now. Okay, so let's get back to this and uh, let, let us explain how you can actually use what in in, in your advantage for muscle up. So um, if, if you're a person who who's pretty long, Usually, it may make sense if you swing a little bit more forward, but there's a big, 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 big but on that. The level on how far you should swing forward is for the most people completely overrated. And this is where we had to get here. Um, the less 
you swing forward, the better for most people, but you have to swing a little bit forward because the, the problem that we will get is when you swing forward too much, you swing backwards too much. And I think we already had that in the pool episode once, but that's not on YouTube. That's just in the, in, in the classic Spotify and wherever there you can listen, just listen um, to this podcast. Um, the, the important one here is to say, as you saw in an extreme example of Frederick Emassun, you don't need to, to swing forward too far because the problem that we will get here is we, we need to find a good mix of bringing in the vertical lat fibers and the horizontal lat fibers to pull you as, as high as possible. So what is super duper important here is not bringing in too much of an arched back into a muscle up because then you will use less of the vertical fibers. And that's super interesting to see that because when you, when you look into bodybuilding, they keep the elbows in front of the body and then they pull here downwards. And um, this is to hit the vertical fibers. And when we do so in a muscle up with a pretty much this internal rotation here, um, then we can use the lats so much better for, for the muscle up to, to, to um, fire with the, with the lats better. So um, what is important here to understand, the more you go forward, the less you can use that for yourself. Because it will take so much more time to bring that arm in front of you. And that's super important to, to say here. Um, when it comes to the biomechanics, a lot of people pull with the elbows next to their body. And it has to be a good mix of next to the body and in front of the body. Because the, the important part to understand here is the, the more you bring your arm in front of your body, the more far away from the bar you're going to be. And here comes in another example of biomechanics. The longer your humerus is here, probably the wider you have to grip because that gives you the advantage that you can just stay closer to the ball. And the next thing here is to also keep in mind, the longer your forearms, it's the same thing around. So to have long arms in the muscle up can be a disadvantage for a good muscle up. Even though Frederick Massoon has very long arms. That is, that is, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a really complicated thing because I'd say, in my opinion, that people who um, are good at pulling, like pull-ups in general, are probably going to be having an easier time with the muscle-up itself as well in the pulling phase. So a person with longer arms and longer underarms is probably going to have an easy time in the pulling phase of the muscle up, 
but the issue arises once we get into the transition. Yeah. Because the transition is um, then a thing that, you know, is just bothering them in terms of efficiency. Mm-hmm. So when you look at someone with a longer underarm in relation to someone with a shorter underarm, you just see the the immense difference in distance that they actually have to travel. And the person who actually has longer underarm just has to go into more shorter extension in that bottom of the dip yeah. to actually reach that point and be able to dip it out and close yeah. the muscle. You know who's a great example for that? The yeah. two muscle-up styles of Lee Wei Turner and Ranjit Pachu. Yeah. One, Lee. Lee is always staying very close to the, to the body with the elbows. And um, when you look at the muscle-up of Ranjit, he has a very, very crazy internal rotation in the dip. So the elbows are coming out so hard. And um, none of them is wrong. It's just a different style, completely fixed to who is using what. Because when you look at both, would you say Ranjit has long arms? Yeah, it's really hard to say. Like maybe in relation to, to his whole body, probably yes. Mm-hmm. Like looking at it relatively, of course, like, yeah, absolutely looking at it, probably not, but relatively in relation to his body, I'd say Ranjit has uh, longer arms. And that's also gifted in deadlifting, for example, as well. You know, he's, yeah, that, that's they, they see that exactly because longer arms will help you with deadlifts. Yeah, um, and th- this is where you, where you see this, you know, and um, so. That's why he has more internal rotation here. The thing with that is people may miscon- come to the misconception that in, I have long arms, I have to grip pretty wide and do a lot of internal rotation. That's not 100% like that because there, there is a too wide. <laughs> yeah. the, the problem with that is when you grip too wide, you probably use more of the horizontal fibers of the lats and not so much of the vertical fibers of the, of the lats anymore. But the vertical ones are the better ones for pulling it vertical as the fibers are, that's the direction they pull, you know? So we have to find it is exactly the middle for perfect um, performance here. So this is, this is the, the crazy and the super interesting stuff here when it comes to that. So the grip width is something that comes with how long is everything within you. (laughs) And it's super, super, super interesting. So we already had the length of the body, the length of arms, grip width, a little bit of of the forearms. Um, How about um, the mobility and thoracic spine abduction and, and how much we need of an abduction in the arm? So as what I see a lot is as well something when you have someone who's doing his muscle ups and he's pulling himself to the bar, the more you you lean forward, the better. But the more also you have to be able to uh, do this abduction of the arm. When you are not able to do that in a good way, which is restricted by um, shoulder mobility and thoracic spine mobility, 
you're going to be restricted. And that's also something that can kill your whole transition. Because the most important part here is we have to think of where we have to put the center of mass. Where we have to put it where, in which phase of the muscle up. Because in, in the whole pulling phase, you have it before the bar, under the bar. And once you go into the transition, you want it to be behind the bar. And then you need to have the center of mass directly on the bar so that you lean forward and the, the heavier your, your, your legs are and your hips are and the, the, the torso is, the more you have to lean forward in, in, the, in, in that transition phase, you know, so that you, you get the center of mass above the ball. And that's super important. And this is where this biomechanical thing comes in again. You know, the, the heavier your legs are, the more you have to lean forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think mobility, it's, it's really hard to define that as something that comes, that stems from biomechanics. I, can, I think, I mean, you could make it a case no. uh, in some specific scenarios and also like have, you have some people who are just naturally uh, more mobile and then use that to their advantage and, you know, just perform the muscle up in a different fashion. Um, I found out for myself that I, I've always had an easy time with um, having extreme elbow flexion and also driving myself into extreme uh, shoulder extension, which are both two really good things that you can use to your advantage in the muscle up because I was able to grip really narrow. And by doing that, I was able, just as you said, to use the vertical fibers of the lats during the pulling phase. But also when I was coming into the transition, I was able to keep myself really close to the bar because of that extreme elbow flexion. And once I came up into the transition itself and into the bottom of the dip, I was able to transition earlier because of that short extension mobility that I've had. Um, and all of these interplay together and just because of their interplay, you just have this nice result um, being a more efficient muscle up. Yeah. This is such, such an interesting thing here. Um, and we have some notes on this. Um, which we wrote down and I think we pretty much have most of the stuff included into into this episode don't we exactly I think so um I think that's it if you guys enjoyed this episode please feel free to share it to the people that you think they should listen to this one um let us know if you liked um this this review of a little bit of biomechanical stuff here um and if, if you like to, please drop us a message. That would be amazing on Instagram to the Strength and Skills podcast so that we know, okay, we keep on going with that. Um, we will do it anyway, but it's love, I love to get your messages. And as there is the end of the year with the Spotify um, thing right here, if we are your favorite podcast, make a screenshot, put us in the story and tag us. We love to see that. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, Wish you, wish you a happy, happy. Again, can we say advent side? What's that in English? Second advent, second advent is coming up. No. Yeah. Wish you a happy time with that. 
we, I love Christmas time. I have to say that I really love Christmas time. So. <laughs> take care. T take care, guys. Get some cookies, drink some hot tea, and enjoy the time with the family. Have a good one. <laughs>